Hey again, Anchor. Um, so today we're going to talk about uh, a very famous book from World War II uh, called The Stranger, and it's by a man named Albert Camus. Uh, and I read this book in high school at Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School. I was one of the few financial aid students that year. It's a very famous uh, old American private secular school in the United States of America. And it used to be the preparatory school for Columbia University, which used to be called King's College back in the day. And it was a very small class. There were only like four of us in it. And the former head of the New York Post, uh, the owner of it, his son was in the class. And a Hasidic uh, girl was in the class. And I believe a Russian student was also in the class and me. Um, And I grew up in the Jewish temple, but I'm not conservative or Hasidic. And the New York Post son, he, he was also Jewish. And I went to his bar mitzvah. Uh, and we three, we four were in this class together, uh, and the, the principal of the entire school, not just the preparatory school, but the, both the lower and upper schools, uh, decided to teach this class. So it's kind of special, because I think it's the only one that while I was there that he even taught, and the four of us got to take it, and he taught this book, The Stranger. And his name is uh, Dr. Richard Sahoyan. I don't know if he's still teaching, or I don't know if he's still the principal of the whole school there, but you can look him up. He's, he was there for many, many years, several decades. And it's one of the finer private schools in the United States of America that's secular. And so he taught this book, The Stranger. Um, and it was written in the 1940s during World War II. Uh, and it's about a man uh, in the French Algiers, I believe, um, and he he um and he um at the top of the book he well, loses his mother. She's living in an old age home, and uh, he finds out that she died and goes to her funeral. And he has no emotional reaction. He just smokes cigarettes, drinks coffee, and stares at her coffin. And uh, then the next day, or next week or so, he goes and has an affair with a woman and watches some funny movies, and they have uh, uh, sex, sex. and um, and then he gets invited to uh, some kind of beach house for the weekend to share a woman with this other man, and she's Arabic and they're not, and then the Arabic brother comes along and gets really upset this is happening and that they're, you know, disrespecting his sister, and uh, he tries to kill them, and then uh, this man kills uh, the the Arabic man in self sort of self defense because he got so heated about them sleeping with his sister. And so then, in turn, he gets arrested for murder and put in prison. And uh, they analyze it like something psychologically wrong with him if he only smoked cigarettes and drank coffee at the mother's coffin and didn't have any emotional reaction. And, and this is, you know, written during World War II, while the Great War is going on and people are being stolen from their home, which is a symbol of the feminine being stolen, because, you know, the Jews and a lot of people as a whole, there are millions and millions of people being stolen from their homes and put into death camps. Uh, they were family people that worked honest jobs for the most part, and that's a symbol of stealing the feminine. To a lot of people that study uh, psychoanalytics, they'd say that's a symbol of destroying society, as we've talked before in Civilization and its Discontent and stealing the feminine. So at the top of the book, the mother dies, which is another symbol of stealing the feminine, and they disrespect a, a woman of another race, which is also a, di- uh, um, a symbol of disrespecting the woman and stealing the woman, 
And this is in the middle of a great war where there are different races, like the Jews are being stolen by another race of, of people. And the Jews and the Arabs a lot of the time have conflicts um, in other parts of the world, which isn't the same war, but it's another war that's weird that sometimes, sometimes they coexist and sometimes they war. So it's a huge symbol, uh, the synchronicity of these, these uh, images and uh, feminine thought patterns. Uh, and then this man goes to jail, and while he's in jail, all he does is think about his possessions. So he counts his possessions in his mind, and uh, how that's all that mattered, and just feeling a certain way, and feeling okay. And he doesn't really care what happened, and thinks that society is completely meaningless if he can't feel okay and have his possessions. So very material and very disconnected from the feminine and just wanting certain to own certain uh, belongings and to feel a certain way. And again, a lot of people had their belongings stolen uh, during the war. And with object relations and the mother, which we've talked about on earlier episodes too, um, a lot people can sometimes find a lot of psychical energy in certain um, objects. And when they're raised by a mother, a lot of the time... Um, they identify with the mother as an object and learn from her uh, how to interact with, uh, with different kinds of energies. And sometimes these psychically can be also in material objects. So it's a mirroring of this also. If you guys want to go back and listen to an earlier episode of Object Relations, um, there's a ton in this. So he's counting his possessions in his mind in the prison cell and just wants to feel okay. And then he's judged by a group of people that said that that say that no sane man um, wouldn't have emotion for his mother uh, after after she dies, um, and that he it's his fault that he murdered this man no matter what happened. And so then uh, a group of people dis, uh, they disinvalidate his existence and his identity. And they insult him, and then they have a mass uh, they have a mass viewing of his execution, which is the ultimate negation of somebody being extracted from a society, and uh, because of his negation of the feminine in a certain way, and not acknowledging something, and feeling so detached from society, and just addicted to certain chemicals and possessions. Um, he already was sort of falling down into a lower threshold than somebody that is of the family, that loves the woman, that cries at the mother's funeral, that still feels this way and is not being stolen by a war, you know, where tons of people are being stolen and killed. And so it's manifesting in a different way in this man in the French Algiers. Uh, and I think the parallels are, you know, it's a very famous existential uh, short novel, which you all can read, um, written at the time. And a lot of people who take philosophy classes read this one. It's, it's a classic. Uh, and uh, Dr. Sahoyan, when he taught this class, I remember him saying something about perception of reality and how nobody, and there were only four students in the class chosen to take his class, will ever know if another person sees the same color when they point and say green, because my green might be your pink, or, or thinks the same word even means the same thing, because we all could be coded differently and kept differently, and we could be saying different things to each other and not even know 
and really think that we understand each other when we really don't, but we really do. And the human race might really be that complicated, and we'll never know if you're wearing a blue t-shirt if I think it's green and say green and you hear blue. Mm -hmm. So the head of one of the top private schools in the United States of America before 9-11 terrorism uh, said this in New York City. And again, the name of the school is Columbia Grammar and Preparatory School. And I think it has tons of implications on artificial intelligence and virtual realities and design and psychology and linguistics. I think it all comes together in what I'm, what I'm talking about on this, on this, this uh, podcast. And I think The Stranger is really exceptional if you're interested in World War II, uh, mental health, and uh, uh, studying a really classic, simple existential novel uh, that's talking in a lot of different heads, and you can um, study it in a lot of different ways. And so I really recommend it to you all. I recommend you check that one out. And, uh, you know, keep on. I just the other day went to go see more of the paintings of uh, Delacroix at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I saw his drawings a few weeks earlier and just saw some more of his paintings. And just, he's really exceptional. Um, how many different psychical types there are that uh, somebody so gifted in, in painting can talk to somebody and within one painting and when, within so many... Um, and I think, uh, you know, he's listed as one of the masters. I think he's, he's really great. And I really recommend checking him out. And also just keep, you know, no matter what's happening, if you're in a major world city, always go and check out Arden if you have the chance. Always listen to lectures, uh, if you have the ability to. And there are tons that are free and tons that cost, but you always can find both if you're really in one. And, and always keep, Keep on feeding your mind. No matter what's going on, keep on seeing what other people are saying or putting out there. Because uh, no matter what reality you're in, there is always tons and tons of information and um, creative works. Uh, and it's never ending if you're still in the light. So if you guys are still in the light, I, I, I advise you uh, I keep on keeping on. Okay? All right, you all, have a great evening. Check out The Stranger by Albert Camus, and uh, keep on looking at art. Thanks.